Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai, the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On today's episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we'll be talking about the ghosts after the tsunami. Welcome to the Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Mystery Hits Podcast, and it is the month of October, which means it is time for some spooky stories. And so I thought what would be better than to talk about all the different costumes that are most popular that kids often wear. So I decided that's what we're going to focus on this month, our popular costumes. So today's episode is going to be about ghosts. And there are so many ghost stories I thought I could tell, but a good ghost story that wasn't too scary, but was very fascinating and also involves some history. I thought I'd jump on that today. And if you remember last year, we actually talked about for the month of October monsters. So I went over a bunch of different types of monsters. So this year is going to be Halloween costumes. And if you stick around for the end of the episode, I'll give you a little sneak peek about what the next episode will be about. 2011, there was a large earthquake that hit off the coast of Japan It was a magnitude nine on the Richter scale, which the highest can be is a 10. So it was a very massive earthquake. It struck at 2.46 p.m., about 80 miles or 130 kilometers east of the city of Sendai. The focus point was about 8.6 miles or 30 kilometers below the floor of the Western Pacific Ocean. This large tremor on March 11th was felt as far away as Russia, Taiwan, and China, and had several foreshocks, including a magnitude 7.2 event that was about 25 miles away from the epicenter of the main earthquake. There were hundreds of aftershocks, dozen of magnitude 6 or greater, and two of magnitude 7 or greater following the days and weeks after the main quake. This earthquake on March 11, 2011, was the strongest earthquake to strike this area since the records began in the 19th century. In 1896, there was an 8.5 earthquake. In 1933, there was an 8.4 earthquake. In in 1978, there was a 7.4 earthquake. So this was the largest as a 9 in 2011. Since this earthquake happened, there was a sudden shift with the Pacific plates on the bottom of the earthquake 
or at the bottom of the ocean floor that displaced the water above and created a highly destructive tsunami wave. If you head all the way back to episode 14, the Boxing Day Tsunami, I go through an earthquake that happened that was a 9.1 earthquake that was in the Indian Ocean. um, And that happened December 6th or December 26, 2004, the day after Christmas, which created a absolute horrific tsunami that killed so many people. So in this case, we have a similar thing that happened. We have this earthquake caused by the plate shifting, which then displaced the water above the ocean floor, causing causing a wave to be 33 feet high which is about as tall as about a three-story building. So one that has like a bottom floor, a mid-level floor, and then an upper floor, that's about as tall as this wave that came washing in. This wave came in and flooded parts of the city in Sendai, including its airport and surrounding countrysides. And according to some reports, one wave went some six miles or 10 kilometers inland after causing the Natori River, which separates Sendai from the city of Natori to the south. It began to overflow. Damaging tsunami waves struck the coast and left large stretches of land submerged under seawater in particularly low-lying areas. The area we are going to focus on for this story is the Tohoku region of northeastern Japan and the area of Ishinomaki. In this area, right after this tsunami swept in, it began to snow, causing even more destruction and death. Confirmed dead, there's about 15,854 people, and still missing today are about 2,000. 533. So this left a great death toll upon this area. Usually what happens in Japan is that bodies are cremated, meaning that they are burned and then people can scatter their ashes or keep their ashes after. It's just part of the tradition of how that area usually works. But there was damage to the crematorium and they were not able to burn the bodies like they normally would. So they actually had to bury the bodies and burying thousands and thousands and thousands of bodies, which is not among the normal tradition of that area, which might also add to this story quite a bit. Three months after this whole event, the area was working hard to grow back to become as normal as possible. But a journalist and author kept hearing these stories. He kept hearing all these ghost stories and came to research and find out more about them. One particular story was a man named Endo. The day after the earthquake, he went to his shelter to see if he was able to find his mother there. While he was waiting, he saw an older woman wearing his mother's clothes. He was so excited to see her. He went up and he took a picture of his mother, so excited that he finally found her. But right after he took a picture with his camera, her image began to change. And she didn't look like his mother anymore. And in fact, he found out his mother had actually passed away when she was on a bus and that was swept away by the tsunami. The man had no explanation for what happened. He knew he saw her. He looked at her. It looked just like his mother. He even took a picture because he was so sure it was his mom. But it ended up not being his mom. 
One woman had lost her three-year-old in the tsunami and was having a really difficult time coping with the loss, which is understandable. I couldn't imagine losing my own children. And so daily she would go through anxiety attacks and panic attacks. And she just kept telling her other daughter, I'm okay if I pass away today because I don't know if I can live my life without my cute son. So one night they were having dinner and they were about to say their prayer over dinner and she kind of turned to her son's toys and just said like, oh, come sit down to eat like she normally would. And one of his toys lit up. She looked over and it immediately lit up and there's no way this toy could light up on its own. It had a switch in it where you had to physically like manually go switch it on. There was no explanation for what happened to this toy, but what happened after was that this woman said, knowing that her son was there was the most peaceful thing that could happen to her. It made her feel like she could have life and her son believed that she could keep going on. Another story, which actually there's a ton of ones similar to this. A woman was in her kitchen preparing all the food for her family when there was a knock at the door. She went to go answered, answer and outside was a woman standing and said, she said, may I please have some dry clothes? She looked at the woman and the woman was just dripping wet. Her hair was sopping wet. Her clothes were completely wet. And she said, may I please have some clothes? So the woman went in the house, grabbed some clothes and handed them to her. And she left and was never seen again. But there are many stories of these people or ghosts coming to ask for clothing um, to try to dry themselves off. They believe that what happened was that a lot of these souls, because they passed away so suddenly, their families couldn't say goodbye to them. So there were times when families were actually given the opportunity to say goodbye to their family member, like the mom to her son. And also that these lost souls were able to come back and kind of get clarity. Um, One woman who believes she can see ghosts and see when people have passed away, she said that she was pulled over by a group of men and she knew that they were ghosts immediately and they were talking to her asking for instructions asking what had happened and she had to look at them and say I am so sorry but you've all passed away that you've all died and they all looked at her and just kind of were like okay okay that she was able to give them the clarity that they were okay to leave this world now they just needed to know what happened so they believed that In that area, the souls kind of got lost because often we've seen many, many earthquakes, tsunamis, and even this one, this one only had a death toll that was a fourth of what the other one was in the Boxing Day tsunami. But this is the very first one that we've had this amount of ghost stories come from it. Hundreds and hundreds of ghost stories in this town keep springing forth. And so this is such an interesting case because you would think that this might happen um, most of the time that there's a large natural disaster. But for some reason, this area Um, is the only one accounted for with this many ghost stories. 
One of the most interesting um, people that were able to witness ghosts were taxi drivers. So um, they would stop because a passenger would be on the side of the road calling for them and they would stop and they would tell them their destination. And so this was 164 days after the tsunami. A taxi driver pulled over. There was about this 20-year-old man in a very thick coat who said, this is the area I need to go to. And he said, okay. So they start their meter. So in a taxi car, they, they pay by how long you're driving, right? Not how long, but like every mile or so that you go. So what happens is they start their meter immediately so that as you're driving, you see how far you are going and how much you are going to owe the taxi driver. So they're driving and they have to drive quite a while. And as soon as they get there, the sun had set and he turned around, the taxi driver turned around to ask the man for his toll. And he turned and he looked for him and he was gone. He was not in the back seat and he had just pulled over. And this happened to a lot of taxi drivers. And the thing that they say about this that's most interesting is this had to come out of the taxi driver's pockets. They had to pay for the meters themselves. So this is not a story that all the taxi drivers are like, this sounds like a great story because they ended up having to pay out of their own pocket and pay for that time. So what is so unique about this area? What caused all of these ghosts to feel like they could come and communicate and be able to reach out and talk to the people of this area, especially because I I really enjoyed this story because as I was looking at a lot of ghost stories, they aren't as friendly um, or they can go pretty dark. But this ghost story I appreciated because it felt like These stories were just of these ghosts trying to figure out what happened to them, trying to give peace back to their family members, and being able to let go of themselves. So now it's been 10 years since this event, and still there are sightings today still happening. It's still happening, but it's not as frequent as it was right after the event. So I would love to know your perspective on what do you think happened? Do you think that these people were actually seeing ghosts of their family members coming back? Do you think ghosts are real? I hope you guys had a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening. If you could do me a huge favor and go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps out our podcast more than you know, and we appreciate it so much. I told you I would let you know, if you listen to the very end of this podcast, a little sneak peek of what the next episode is going to be on. And since we're continuing Halloween costumes for the month of October... I'm going to give you a little clue. Now, these are women that they say had potions and spells. What do you think the next episode is about? See you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening.